Lord, we are here before you as your people to humble ourselves under your mighty hand, to submit ourselves fully to you and to your word this day. As you speak to us now, we pray that you would give us ears to hear and hearts that will respond quickly to say yes and feet and hands and lives that will be given in obedience to that which you speak to us. Come, meet us here now. Jesus, we honor and praise you in this house. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. This morning, I'm going to break tradition, and I'm going to preach from the pulpit today. I know, it's a whole new day. So that those who are sitting in the lobby will be able to see me. You know, in 2012, our theme for the year was a year to dream. And I want to tell you a dream. I don't know if I've ever said this publicly. I've shared it the last couple of weeks with a few people in reflection on our... um, Christmas Eve services and on our New Year's Eve service. Um, One of the dreams that God gave to me many, many, many years ago as it relates to this house was that there would come a day when someone who was walking in to Bethel Christian Fellowship for the very first time would not be able to look around or look and and would not be able to experience our life together and say, oh, I've walked into a white church today. Or I've walked into a black church today. Or I've walked into an Asian church today. Or I've walked into a Latino church. The dream that God has given to me is that one day, those who would walk in would be able to say, I've come to a kingdom church. I've come to a church that in some small way reflects Revelation 7-9, when I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb and wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands and cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels who were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God saying, Amen! Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders asked me, these in white robes, who are they? And he answered, sir, you know. And he said, these are those who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus is building His house all over the world. And in this place, He's building a house of prayer for all nations. And I am profoundly grateful as your pastor to be standing before you again this morning 
to share with you for the 23rd time a theme message for our coming year, 2013, a year. You know, part of my dream has been unfolding over these last three years in particular. In 2010 was a year of restoration and If you remember, that was the year I was on sabbatical. I went on sabbatical actually in the summer of 2009 and came back in the, uh, in February of 2010. And Pastor Sam came to Bethel, Minneapolis at that time. And it really felt like that was a year of transition into a restoration of the true sense of calling upon this house. And at the end of that year, I felt like we had transitioned and moved from this dream of a house of prayer for all nations a movement from it being a, a aspirational vision to becoming an incarnational uh, reality. And in 2011, the year of return, which was God's return on His inheritance in us, we saw this accelerating. And in 2012, it's, it's uh, sped up even more. There's an intensification and an acceleration of the work of God in our midst. We now have seven congregations who are a part of the Bethel family of churches, three of whom have been planted from this house, two who have partnered with us, one who has been, one who has been replanted. As pastors, we connect together every other week in uh, coming together for prayer and encouragement and support with one another. We have multiple ministry partners. In November, we commissioned, and or, or, I'm sorry, we uh, ordained and licensed 10 individuals from throughout the family of churches. We have our leaders in training. Did they not do a great job this morning? Let's give it up for our leaders in training apprentices. So far, since last January, we have uh, somewhere somewhere around uh, close to two dozen uh, apprentices who have been growing in leadership. Um, When I look around, I see here in this house every member a minister. You know, the 80-20, they they talk about the 80-20 factor that uh, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Well, in this house, that is at at the minimum fully reversed. 80% of the people are doing all the work in this house. It's amazing and incredible when I look around and see the people that are working and moving and doing things. The missional communities that are beginning to, to crop up in all kinds of neighborhoods around the, uh, around the city. And Pastor Sam's been leading us in that and it's been fabulous. The Radiate Youth Group. Let's give it up for Pastor Ben and the Radiate Youth Group. Yeah. They just had their New Year's Blitz on Friday to Saturday night. I did not stay up with them, but there was about 75 who got together for an overnight, and uh, they had a great time. And uh, all of us parents are so grateful for uh, you, Pastor Ben, keeping them up all night because we're spending the next couple days with them, and it's marvelous. And uh, so we're really grateful about that. Thank you again for that wonderful ministry um, of sleeplessness. Um, but no, the, the Radiate, we love the Radiate um, youth ministry, and it's fabulous to watch what God's doing. The Alpha for ESOL, I'm so grateful for Jessica. Thank you again, and please see her. Um, we're going to have a lot of people uh, here for this Alpha course, um, coming from backgrounds 
uh, that are not Christian backgrounds. We've seen over the last couple of years dozens of people coming to Christ out of Hindu and Buddhist backgrounds. We have full expectation we're going to see dozens more coming to Christ through this Alpha. So would you please pray and participate and be a part of that in any way you can. The Mission St. Paul, the Mission Northeast that Pastor Sam helps to facilitate up in Northeast Minneapolis. God is doing things all over our city. It's an amazing time in the kingdom and the kingdom work here. You see, God has a dream for Bethel. Because Bethel is called to radiate life and joy as a house of prayer for all nations. Our identity as a house is that we are a place of hospitality, a place to belong. As a house of prayer, we have a spirituality where we believe that Jesus Christ is who He said He is. King of kings, Lord of lords, forever and ever, He will reign and His kingdom will know no end. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And we, as a house of prayer for all nations, we have a missionality, a place to become. We are constantly aware that we exist for those who are not yet here. You think this house is packed? This house is not packed. It is not packed at all. There is still room around that throne for more nations, for more tribes, for no, more tongues. This morning I saw right, right back here, a young man that I met just yesterday, moved up here two weeks ago. He's a Tibetan believer here to begin work among Tibetans here in the Twin Cities to reach them for Christ. Hallelujah. Sanyi. And he, we met him yesterday. Um, he was here to meet with our Himalayan leaders. And, you know, you can't make this stuff up. You couldn't manufacture it. In a thousand years, Jesus is building his church. And we have a destiny to to radiate life, irresistible life. And radiating joy, infectious joy. This is God's dream for Bethel Christian Fellowship. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Haggai chapter 2, verses 1 to 9. But the scripture will be up here as well. So, But if you need to, if you can let folks know in the Nepali congregation, the Korean congregation, the Oromo congregation... We're in Haggai chapter 2, verse 1 to 9. This is going to serve as a prophetic uh, instruction foundation for the message and for the call today. This has been a scripture for the last 10 years the Lord has been leading us through. So I'm just going to quickly walk us through it again. On the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Speak to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people and ask them, who of you is left? who saw this house in its former glory. How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? But now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work. For I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. And the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. Now over the last several years, over the last... Uh, 10 to 12 years, the Lord has given us prophetic instruction related to this particular passage of Scripture. 
He told us to do a ministry audit. How does it look to you now? He told us to increase capacity because company was coming. (laughs) And that the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. He told us to step into the traces, to be strong, all you people of the land, and work. To not fear because my spirit remains among you. To not faint because in a little while, To be prepared to shift because I'm going to shake things up. And to expect because I'm going to come and I will fill and I will grant shalom. Now three years ago, three, three or so years ago, maybe four years ago, I was on retreat. And the Lord spoke to my spirit because we'd kind of walked through that prophetic instruction and I heard him whisper in my ear, start over. Start over. And so over the last few years we've been doing, we've done a ministry audit. We've kind of looked at everything. We've been when working with everything that we're doing and we're looking over. And, and there's numbers of new ways that, that we're beginning to express ministry here at Bethel Christian Fellowship. We've done that ministry audit. We've been increasing our capacity. We've got many more congregations among us. There's more congregations coming. We're going to continue Because God has more to bring to us and he's going to be releasing um, yet new uh, things among us. Um, I don't know if anybody else, I'm just going to throw this out there. But for many years we've been talking about and envisioning and I want you to envision with me and begin to pray with me. um, Envisioning another uh, wing of the building right over here. Because we need another wing So we have more room to take more congregations and more uh, children and more ministry to happen. I don't know if you've ever been around here during the week. Um, I stopped by last night at around 4.30 to help put up the banner um, and get the sheet or bring the sheet over for the putting up of the banner. And I'm over here doing that. And um, the Aromo Christian Fellowship, they're back here uh, learning and training and, and preparing and studying back here. Back here is the Haitian Christian Fellowship. Um, restoration band. Tom and Millie are out here setting up. This is at 4.30 on a Saturday, okay, before the big game. This was the tailgating, okay? Bethel Christian Fellowship tailgating, all right? That's what it looks like around here. BCF Next, our next Bethel um, church plant up in northeast St. Paul is deep in our heart and it's brewing and the Spirit is preparing and there's going to be another branch of Bethel Christian Fellowship. It's coming. It's coming because He wants to continue. It's not because there's not great churches, but but God wants to take new churches, bring in new people because we exist for those who aren't here yet. And so we want to keep expanding His kingdom ministry and His work. So we're going to continue to increase capacity. But as Pastor Sam and I were praying this year, we felt God specifically put in our spirit that this year the Lord was encouraging us this third part of the prophetic instruction is where we're at right now. Be now, but now be strong, Zerubbabel declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Josedach, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. And what? And what? Do the work. Do the work. Now what was Haggai talking about? 
What was Haggai dealing with? Anybody know the, the, the historical background of the prophet Haggai when he was prophesying? Where does it fit? Where's the, where's the historical setting in the Bible? Anybody know? What other Bible books? Extra sermon points. Okay, which is found in? Ezra and Nehemiah. Okay, so here's the deal. The people of Israel had gone into exile. Babylon had come in and destroyed the temple. And then, after a season, there was an opportunity for the people to come back and begin to rebuild under Cyrus. There was a command given to go back in and begin the process of rebuilding the temple. The temple was built first, and then Nehemiah came, and the rebuilding of the walls, and all of that began to unfold through those decades after 586 B.C. So the people of God are beginning to rebuild after this has happened. But here's what happened. They began to rebuild. They began to fulfill the dream that God had given for His people and the rebuilding of the temple. But then they encountered some difficulties. If you look in the Scriptures in Ezra chapter 3 and Ezra chapter 4, we're going to be looking at some principles from Ezra and Nehemiah. But but if you look at chapters 3 and 4, specifically I should say 4 and 5, you find some of the, the difficulties that the people began to face. First of all, they encountered the um, difficulty of compromise. How many of you have ever had a dream from God and then the enemy has come along and tried to get you to settle for something less or something else? I've had that. And the enemies of the people of Israel came and said, we'll help you build the temple. But they wisely said no to that compromise. But then there was accusation. A letter went out. A letter went out to Xerxes during the reign of Xerxes and Artaxerxes. And they went and they did a letter and they accused the Israelites. How many of you know that the enemy, if he can't get you by compromise, he'll begin to accuse you? Anybody ever heard the words, who do you think you are? What do you think you're trying to do? And if he can't get you through accusation, he will get you through confronting opposition. He'll be right up in your face. And certain circumstances and situations and difficulties will multiply in your life and you'll be struggling to try to move forward. And into that, Haggai speaks and says, Hear the word of the Lord. Be strong, all you people of the land, and work. Now, what did that work look like? For the, what are the principles in Ezra and Nehemiah? Very quickly. Pastor Sam and I identified. We went through Ezra and Nehemiah, and we discovered six things very quickly that they did. They prayed together. Despite their fear of the peoples around them, they built an altar on its foundation and sacrificed burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both the morning and the evening sacrifices. If anybody asks how this house is being built, you tell them through prayer. Hello? 
There's no program that makes something unfold like this. It is the prayer of God's people. The faithful ones who intercede day and night. Praying together. Giving together. When it came time for the temple to rebuild, be rebuilt according to their ability, they gave to the treasury for this work. In fact, in Ezra and Nehemiah, it's cool because not only the people of God gave to it, but the people around them, their neighbors and friends. They invited them because they saw what God was doing and they, in fact, the king said, give to them. I believe that there's going to come a time when the resources of the world are going to flow into the kingdom for kingdom purposes. Working together. They replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began the good work. They began to work together. They began the rebuilding. They worked together. Together, I love the picture in Nehemiah where everyone is working on their particular part of the wall. Each and every one of us in this house has a particular purpose, has a particular destiny, has a particular call, has particular giftings and graces on our lives to be used to work together, to build together, to fight together, not with one another. <laughs> but against the enemy. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand, held a weapon in the other, and each of the builders wore his sword by his side as he worked. You get the picture? They had a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other. They're putting down the mortar and they got the sword, protecting one another's back. Do you have the back of the people around you? Are you willing to fight and contend for one another? Celebrate together. We, we like this at Bethel. Then the people of Israel, the priests and the Levites and the rest of the exiles celebrated the dedication of the house of God with joy. I have prayed since I walked in the doors of this building as your pastor nearly 23 years ago. I have prayed and asked over the years repeatedly, Lord, send a baptism of joy. On this house. And they stayed together. Nehemiah 9, in view of all of this, we're making a binding agreement, putting it in writing, and our leaders, our Levites, and our priests are affixing their seals to it. They stayed together. They covenanted together with one another to do this work. And that's why, Pastor Sam, maybe you can help me. That's why... This year, as Pastor Sam and I have prayed, we have heard the voice of the Lord. And this, 2013, a year to... Seiko, would you come on up? And uh, please right now, Kathy, Seiko. On New Year's Eve... Seiko, one of the leaders of the Karin Church, brought us a word of encouragement from the Scripture, and you can find those Scriptures right up here this this morning. And um, he is going to share 
I'll, I'll let him, yeah, go ahead. I'll put him up and then you can, yeah. Siblu kesaywado, siblu bagi, petrado lehi atas wetodo tulumi akuloh. Okay, can I speak in Korean and do you guys need the interpreter? Do you need interpreter? Pastor Tom will go to Google interpreter. <laughs> Amen. Okay, in our culture, we have our one of the old guy. Okay, so that's like a poem from the current people. Okay, so the, the story is that um, the owner of the rooster guy, every morning, every evening, he's going to uh, feed that rooster. So he feeding variety of food like rice and he you know the rooster try to eat variety of food that the owner offer. Uh, okay, so that's uh, the time that it come to the time that the owner try to sow or feed the different kind of food. Rice, and then the you know, corn, bean, yellow bean. <laughs> okay, so you know different kind. Also sticky rice there. Okay, so that's the time. So you know now come to the trouble because he has so much to choose. Don't know which one is the right one then. Okay, so just like me. Sometimes I just like that rooster. I don't know which one to pick. Too many. Okay, so I would like to say that uh, Pastor Jim, so to this morning, Pastor Jim, you know, sowing a lot of food for us, you know, try to spread out, feeding us many. So many people can eat it, but for me, I don't know how to eat it because I don't know the language. But you know, I soak into my spirit and I I'm feel and I feel up. Okay, this morning, you know, the Proverb 2013, so 2013. Okay, so this is the Lord has stirred up my spirit on, you know, Tuesday evening while we are praying. And then the 2013, this is part of my uh, inspiration from the Word of God. Okay, so let us look at that. Do not live, love, sleep, or you will grow poor. Stay awake and you will have food to spare. Amen. <laughs> okay, so 2013, you know, our journey with the Lord. 
But there will be so many things that come and interrupt our, uh, you know, connection or our relationship with God. You know, because due to our busy with our work, our job, so we sleep too much. <laughs> if our body is getting so tired, then, you know, we, we love to sleep. We have no time to praise the Lord. We have no time to pray. And then we cannot go to church because our body is tired. And we have no time to go and visit our neighbors and, you know, sowing the gospel seed to the other people. Because we are tired and we all of us, you know, we wanted to go to sleep. <laughs> Also, Ecclesiastic that 10:18. So we will see here, you know, um, because of the work of the listeners, our house is broken or broke down. And then when our hand is turn to lazy or laziness, then our house, our roof will leak, you know, leaking. So God is built up our temple, and then this is the temple that God has given to us. So, so probably, you know, 2013, if we, are, if we are, you know, temple or we try to build our own house with laziness, then we have to be careful with the leaking of our house here. So please, you know, one more uh, proverb at um, chapter 4. Chapter 6, verse 4. There's another chapter from Proverbs. So you, we'll see in, um, you know, in the Bible, try to not to close your eyes. So twice that I mentioned, twice there. Also there's another word from 24, Proverbs 24, verse 23. Uh, 33. Okay, sleep very little, not too much. So drowsy a little bit, not too much. <laughs> so 2013, that's a proverb. So the Lord has really uh, talked to me strongly. Okay, I would like to encourage, you know, for myself personally, this is the word that the Lord really, you know, encouraged me and then reminded me that how we have to live or to be lazy or to be seeking God. Okay, so 2012 and, you know, after or uh, behind. <laughs> so whatever you've done is okay, it's done. But 2013, you know, please do not sleepy too much. Open your eyes. Okay, so, you know, open your eyes, searching the Lord, then your house will fill with the blessing. 
so that the, you know the the bread or the food that it come from manna from the Lord. So the Son of God is the blessing and the living bread for us. Then we will live together with Him forever, So thank you. This is going to be a final. But anyhow, that you know, that's mean like do not sleep at all. Doesn't say that, but it say that you know there's a time for sleep and rest and things. <laughs> okay, that's also proverb nine one one. Because so many Karen people, especially the who new refugees, you know, they are afraid of 911. So Proverb 911. So if we trust in the Lord, you know, the long life is in the Lord's hand. Amen. Thank you. All right. So in the book of, e- of Nehemiah, in Haggai, in Ezra, we see a physical story. It's a, it's a very, all of the principles we see there are directly related to the physical building of the wall, the physical building of the temple for the people of Israel. Now for us, God is doing a work in us. He wants to do something in us. And there's a, in the, in the New Testament, we see that Paul writes that he brings that to the people of God, and it's no longer a physical building that is being built, but it's people who are being built. So we're going to look at, look at what Paul has to say about this. In the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. This is now an illustration. This building of the temple and of the city is an illustration of what God wants to do with his people. He wants to build his people to be a dwelling place for God. That's what God's doing right now. He's building his people. And if we look at the book of Ephesians, where it's, we're speaking at, to the church in Ephesus, we see the fulfillment of how this would take place in Ephesians chapter 4. And you're probably familiar with Ephesians chapter 4, and I'll let you read all the details of it, but in Ephesians chapter 4, 1 through 16, it lays out how this would happen. How does this take place? Ephesians 4, verse 1 starts out, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and patience, and goes on to list how and what this looks like when the church, when God's people are built up to be a place that God dwells in. First off, we see that it's about unity. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And diversity, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. That means each of us, we're all different. God has given each of us different gifts, and there's power in that diversity when we work together in synergy. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that 
the body of Christ may be built up. And finally, maturity. This is, this is what it takes. This is the process that we go to to be that place where God dwells. As we come together in unity and we work together, we come to a place of maturity from Him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. When we each do our work, we come to a place of maturity. When we work together, we come to a place of maturity. All that unity, that diversity of giftings, that synergy, that maturity, that all happens when we, each part does its work. And that's how, how Paul in the book of Ephesians is writing. This is what it's going to look like. Imagine if we had a body and we said, that body is awesome. Only half of it works. But it's awesome. I mean, they can't eat anything. They can't see They can't do what they're supposed to do, but it's awesome. Well, God wants us to be a body that is fully functional on every level. So that even the fingernails are working. You know, even the toes are working to bring balance to the body. Every part doing its job and no part saying, well, I don't like my part. I don't like being a toe. You know, toes are pretty important. We lose our balance without them. Pinkies are really important. We can't hold things the same way without this little finger. Every part is important. And when we see the beauty of the diversity of the different giftings and what God has given us to bring to the body, and when we fully connect with that, then we're walking into that place that Ephesians chapter 2 was talking about where each part does its work. Because Ephesians 2.10 tells us that God has prepared good things for each of us to do. He wasn't handing out good things and gifts and goes like some for you. So it's not like duck, duck, goose. You know, duck, 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 not you. Duck. No. He handed it out for everyone as he willed it. Each of us has gifts that we bring and we can put those to work. So I want to bring it back to Haggai. Where God was saying, be strong and work. Ephesians tells us, as each part does its work, to do this. To pray together. To give together. To work together. To fight together. To celebrate together. And to stay together. Because 2013 is a year to... Wait, I I thought I got to say it. Oh, no, 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 no. No. I don't get to say it? Oh. All right. We get to say it. I thought I jumped, right. jumped, jumped the gun on it. Julie, Julie and the Watsons and uh, the uh, Howards and the Sanquists, are you ready up there too? And we got to do this, all things in decency Together. and order. Together. Together. All right. Together. Worship team, come on up as well. Be ready to... Join us in a second. Just watch for the flying pins. All right. So we have our banner makers, Julie Thompson, Phil and Amy Watson. We have our wonderful painters, 
painter right here. Oh, Sarah Howard and her household. All right, you can help. Part of her household. All right. He used crayons. And for it. we got you guys. Were good. Sanquist, where are you? Greta, stand up so we see who we, Greta's our bulletin maker. So Sam, do you think we're ready? I think. I think so. I All think right. everyone's ready. <laughs> All right, Sam, you ready? 2013. 2013, a year to engage. Woo! Woo! All right. A year to get engaged. All right. All right. So this year to engage, we want to engage with God, we want to engage with each other, and we want to engage in God's mission. As a place to believe. belong, engaging with each other, a place to believe, engaging with God, and a place to become, engaging in God's mission. And we need to do this together. So I want to encourage you this year to get engaged in the things that God has for you this year. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand up. So... Last year, Year to Dream, remember we said the great quote of Eleanor Roosevelt, in the world there are dreamers, in the world there are doers, what we really need are dreamers who do. So this is the doing of the dreaming to engage. Hallelujah. Open your hands if you would. Just open your hands. Lord, I pray now. That as we engage this year to engage, that Lord God, you would work your will in and through us. And that Lord, you would be honored in this house. And you would be exalted in that. That when people look here and look at your work among us, they will not say, look at that church. They will say, look at Jesus. Isn't he beautiful? Isn't he precious? And so now I pray that you may be filled afresh this day with the immeasurable love of God the Father. May you be filled to overflowing with the irresistible mercy and grace of Jesus Christ the Son. May you be filled afresh today with the inexhaustible strength, power, comfort, and hope of the Holy Spirit. As you go from this house to yours, go with the banner of His favor flying over your life as you are sent to make disciples of all nations go with his name upon your lips and until we gather again either in this house or in our eternal home I pray that the goodness and mercy of Jesus will continue to chase you down be blessed in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ Forever and ever he reigns. Yeah. 
Amen and amen and amen. Let's give him a shout.